I am so excited to be here with you this morning. I want to say welcome to Welcome Home Sunday. My name is Pastor Nick Newman. Yeah, you can celebrate that. We're excited to be back. Excited to be in a, in a house. And so we're in the gym for a couple of weeks. They're working on finishing the HVAC and the heat in the auditorium. And I'm going to tell you, if you were with us 12 months ago, you know you want heat in the auditorium, right? Because it's a little chilly. But we're excited to be here and uh, be back in person. If you are joining online with us, we consider you a part of our church family as well. Church, can you help me welcome everybody tuning in online? Come on. Propel Church uh, in this season has been able to expand our reach, uh, not just uh, locally but nationally. We're, we're locally, we're a part of some assisted living facilities who are live streaming in today. Uh, in addition to that, we've also gotten an email this past week that there's a, a church in Pakistan that's been playing our videos. And it's really cool to see what God is doing, not just in person, but with Propel Church online. And so uh, we're excited that you're here today. I'm excited uh, because we're in the Christmas season and Christmas affords us the opportunity to do a little bit of extra meeting in person. And so next week, uh, we are going to celebrate Christmas on the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. We have a 6 p.m. and a 7.30 p.m. worship experience. We encourage you to join us for that because we are really going to remember why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. And so it's all about Jesus. If it is your first time, be sure to fill out one of those Connect cards. You can stop by the New Here Lounge. we got a gift for you. Who loves gifts? All right, y'all ain't ready for Christmas. I'm just, okay, so here's what happens. At Christmas time, people typically get you stuff. You got to be ready for gifts. We're excited, excited that you're here. Every year uh, around this time, this passage of Scripture keeps coming up. And, and, and I, I've wrestled with it. I really did. I was kind of like, you know, am I going to deliver this message today? Because I kind of taught a similar message last year. But here's, I just kind of came to the conclusion, maybe you didn't get it yet. <laughs> so uh, that's what happens. Typically, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'm, I need to learn the same thing a few times. Uh, before I actually start retaining it. And today we're going to talk about the story of Mary and Martha. And I love this story so much because it's a story that I find myself in a whole lot. It's a story about busyness. It's a story of anxiety. It's a story of worry and panic. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I was Before I dig into that passage of Scripture, the other day I was on a coaching call and uh, I uh, had the opportunity to coach uh, churches all around the world talking to one of our churches that we coach out in California. And she shared with me that um, Christmas was 11 days away. And I, like, began to panic. I'm going to help you. Christmas is five days away now, right? So, so if you're panicking a little bit, it's okay. But that feeling, that sense of urgency, that sense of worry, that sense of, like, anxiety that kind of rises up within us that tells us we have to move faster and keep going and pushing and striving and doing all of these things. That's a normal feeling for us to feel. If you have a Bible, go to Luke chapter 10, verse 30. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be available on the screen behind me. This is what it says. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 
There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. I love this story so much because what I would love to be able to tell you today is that I'm just like Mary. That if I was inserting myself into the story to figure out where I would be, I would be just like Mary. I'd be sitting at the feet of Jesus, but that'd be a lie. I'm a whole lot like Martha. I'm a whole lot like Martha in the fact that I, I run around, I get uh, really busy, I, I work really hard, and then I wonder like, hey, Jesus, are you going to tell the rest of the lazy people in the world to get up and do something with their life? No? Okay, just me, right? Like I'm, I'm worrying, I've got anxiety. Martha is in this story and she's preparing a meal for Jesus. And this is not an ordinary meal. When you find out that Jesus is coming to your house for dinner, you get rid of the gluten-free cookies and you go to Costco, right? Because you got you got to prepare you got to get ready. And Martha's worried. You, ever, you ain't prepared a meal for Jesus? What is he like? I don't know. She's worried about it. So she goes to the store and she's getting all the food. And, and then Jesus, Jesus doesn't really have a sense of time. He shows up whenever he wants to. He leaves whenever he chooses to. Jesus shows up 30 minutes early. And if you ever hosted a party and you had guests show up 30 minutes early, that ain't cool. <laughs> Because you ain't done cleaning. <laughs> You're not done preparing the food. You said the party started at 3 p.m. Because the party starts at 3 p.m., not 2.30. Jesus opens the door and he walks in. And her sister, who was supposed to be her helper, doesn't jump in to help Martha finish the rest of the stuff. Mary goes and sits down. As Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, Martha realizes that, that not only are there biscuits burning in the oven, she hasn't had time to set out the charcuterie board, which is just an adult lunchable. She ain't had time to prep all the food and get the cheese plate out. Nothing's ready. Nothing's prepared. She's worried and upset. And so she goes to Jesus thinking that what Jesus is going to do is tell her, no problem, Mary, get your lazy tail up and go help your sister. And that's not what happens. Jesus says, Martha, you missed it. Martha, there's something that Mary's discovered, and it won't be taken away from her at all. This is typically the part in the story where you and I would kind of insert our own uh, thoughts on what time management should look like. Like Martha, if she was really good at time management, Martha would have prepared a little bit earlier. She would have done a checklist to make sure she got all of her groceries. If she would have started prepping at 6 a.m. instead of 8 a.m., she wouldn't have run into this issue. If Martha would have just managed her time a little bit better, then everything would be fine. But the longer I lead and the, and the more I do ministry and the more I read Scripture, I feel like time management is a myth. Because whether or not you utilize the time you've been given, you don't get to manage something that moves on without you. But time doesn't ask your opinion when you mismanage it and go, do you think I should keep going? It just moves on. When you and I don't use the time we've been given well, time isn't stopping and waiting on us as if we were that important. It just keeps the ball moving forward. You and I can't manage something that we have no control over. And so what Scripture teaches us in James chapter 4, verse 14, is what life, our life, is actually like. And this is what it says in regards to our life and time. It says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What will your life be? For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We live in the South, and if you've 
ever gone out in the morning, you'll see this water that kind of sits on top of the grass. It's, it's called dew. And dew is a, a water vapor. As soon as the sun comes out, that dew just vanishes. It disappears. It evaporates. And what James is trying to show us is that's what our life is like. We think about time, when we think about the life that we live, a lot of times we feel like we've got this enormous amount of time, that we have all the time in the world. But the truth is, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. That our life is just like dew in the morning, that it's here one moment and then vanishes the next. That every person in here probably thinks you have a ton of time left on the earth, you have a ton of time left on this world, but this is but a moment. It is here one second and it's gone the next. And just as fast as the dew comes in and then leaves, that's what our time here on this earth really looks like. Now I'm a visual learner. And so I thought I'd give you uh, maybe a, a step-up illustration to that. This, is, uh, this rope represents a timeline. This is your life and my life. Now pretend for just a second that this rope is never-ending. This rope represents a timeline, not just of the time that we exist, but for eternity. This rope is not really that long. It ends where Matt is. But for the purpose of this illustration, it goes on and on forever. This green part right here is the portion of time that you and I live physically here on this earth. Here's what happens. We get so caught up and so focused on living this life, living the time that we have right now, that we forget that eternity is in the balance. That the time that you and I have here on this earth, which is not promised and is here one moment and gone the next, our life is but a vapor. And when Jesus is having a conversation with Mary and with Martha in this living room, what Jesus is trying to show Martha is, Martha, you are distracted and you're worried about all of these little things that are going on in this little tiny section of your life. But Mary discovered something that's eternal. She discovered something that won't be taken from her, that can't be taken from her. The way Mary is utilizing her time now is more important than any kind of work you can do because God would rather you sit with him than work for him. He would rather you spend intentional time in his presence, sitting at his feet, than working really hard. Because this is what we typically do with our life. We live our life and we're here in this moment, in the here and now. And so for the first 25 years, we spend it in school, we, we get through education, we start our first job. And then in the next section and chunk of our life, we grind as hard as we can. We utilize our 401k, we get ready for retirement so that we can enjoy this little last section. Do we really think this is what God made us for? No. This life that we have is but a vapor. It's here and then gone. But your life doesn't end when you take your last breath physically. Because you were created to live forever and you will live one or two ways. You will live eternally with God. Or eternally separated from him. And the good news of what Jesus gives you and I is the ability to spend eternity with God. We would leverage this to impact this. 
And so I didn't want to come out here right at Christmas, and I know your schedules are hectic and you're crazy, you got a lot of things going on. Didn't want to tell you how to manage your time, because you can't. Your time is going to continue to move on with or without you. And for some of us, our timeline is long, and for others of us, it's shorter. I don't get to tell you how long you're going to live. Oh, that would be cool, though. I don't get to do that. Here's what I do get to tell you. How you utilize what you've been entrusted with matters for eternity. How you spend your time here on this earth makes a difference for the rest of your life. So Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, therefore, we don't lose heart. He's looking at some struggles. He's looking at some hardships. And in all honesty, the reason why 2020 has been so hard for a lot of us is because this is the only thing we're thinking about. We're only thinking about the here and now. We're only thinking about what's right in front of us. And I'm not trying to say that 2020 has been easy. It's, <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> it's been a tough one. But if this is all you're thinking about, it's going to be impossibly hard. When you think about it in retrospect to eternity, it changes everything. Paul says that we don't lose heart, though we're outwardly wasting away. Our life is a, a vapor, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary trouble is achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. I can see the here and now. In all honesty, for a lot of you, you can see into your future. You can see your career path. You can see the trajectory you're going on. You've got your plan, and that's great. Paul says you can see that. That's not what we fix our eyes on. We don't fix our eyes on what's seen. We fix our eyes on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, Martha, worried, upset over all these little details, what is unseen is eternal Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so what I'm going to do with the last bit of time that I'm going to have today, 20 minutes and 34 seconds, is I'm going to spend it giving you three practical things on how to make sure you don't waste the life you have now and you impact eternity. How you don't manage your time here, but you leverage it to make a difference that carries on beyond your own life. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing. Spend intentional time with Jesus. Spend intentional time with Jesus. I put, I, I, when I first wrote my notes, I wrote, spend time with Jesus. And I thought that was good. That's a good point, Pastor, good point. But then, then I kept looking at it. And I don't think it's enough to just try and spend time. You have to make a choice. When Jesus walked into the house, Mary had two choices. Go help Martha or choose to sit at Jesus' feet. And there are plenty of times in our lives where choosing to spend time with Jesus is going to fight against the grain of everything else the world is telling you to do in the moment. You may be busy. You may have a lot going on at work. You may have some struggles going on in your family. You may have a project. You know, you started eight DIY projects that you were going to make as Christmas gifts and you ain't finished none of them. And so you feel like, I don't have time to spend time with Jesus. I got stuff I need to do. But it's intentional time with Jesus that matters. It has to be a choice. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, 
it says this. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had taught. I don't think it's any coincidence for you and I that we need to slow our pace down in 2020 enough to choose to spend more time with Jesus. I don't know of anybody in here, and if you're in this place, like I would say, I'd love to take you to lunch, that you're like, I think I spend enough time with Jesus. I don't. I I don't feel like I'm in that spot. I need to be more intentional with the time that I choose to spend with Jesus because the time I spend with Jesus matters. And what we see in that verse right there, can we pull up that verse one more time in, in Luke chapter 10? This is what it says, that Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So there's two things. If you want to know what intentional time with Jesus looks like, first, you got to sit down. and you got to spend time with Jesus. you got to sit. Stop running. Stop. And if your prayer life, like, like some people they talk about praying, well, my best prayer time is in the car. I'm not telling you that's a bad thing. Here's what I am saying. You should be a little distracted when you're praying and driving because there's people on the road <laughs> and you need to be safe. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with, with, with I mean, we could call it social media idolatry. I find it a whole lot easier to spend time on Facebook than I do in my Bible app. What would it look like if we chose to just sit, like hit pause for a moment? Whether it's a 30-minute time slot or you're like, that's not me. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe you don't even know where to start. You use the bathroom a few times a day. That's a great time to start. Because when you sit on the toilet, you scroll Facebook anyway. Stop. Get off Pick up your Bible app. Start spending time in God's Word. you got to sit with Jesus. Choose to spend time there. And then it says listening to what He taught. I think sometimes when we come to Scripture, we have our own agenda. We have our own idea of what we want. And so when we come to Scripture, what we're looking for is confirmation for the decisions we're making or the way we're feeling or how we want to do things. But God's word is not meant to confirm how we feel. God's word is meant to transform the way we live. Which means that as we sit and listen to what he teaches, I don't need to come in with an agenda. I just need God to teach me something. I just need him to transform the way I live my life and the way I do things. Sit and listen. To listen to God also means we got to get quiet. Praying's great, but prayer should be a two-way communication between you and God. You ever had that friend that you talk to all the time and, and, and by talk to, they just talk to you and you never got a word in? You know what you don't like? That friend. They're all... <laughs> I wonder how many of us do that to God. It's like, God, here's what I got going on. Here's my list. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me keep rolling. He's like, yeah, but I kind of wanted to speak into that. I wanted to speak to you. I, I wanted to talk to you about the decisions you were making and, and kind of help you see that if you can make the right choices right now in the, in the here and now, it's not just going to affect this bit of time that you have. It's going to impact eternity. Here's the second thing. Stop judging how others spend their time. Stop judging how others spend their time. You know, it's really easy to become critical of other people. Like, like real easy. You ever walked in Walmart, you know, like, right, like you struggle with judgment every time you walk in there. 
Judging people is really easy. Here's why judging is so dangerous. Because judging others blinds us from our own issues. Whenever we judge other people, it distracts us from actually dealing with our own junk. That's why scripture doesn't teach us to not judge other people. That's not what the, the verse says. Deal with your own plank in your eye first before you talk about the speck in your brother's eye. It doesn't say we don't get to, to talk about the speck in our brother's eye because there, there's accountability in that. Right? Some people get upset when you get in biblical community and then somebody calls you on your junk. They're supposed to. Here's the other part. They're supposed to also be dealing with their own junk. And where we struggle is it's really easy to deal with other people's junk and never address our own. That's what happens to Martha. It says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. What Jesus doesn't do is initially address the issue of Mary. He says, Martha you got enough issues to worry about on your own. <laughs> Martha, quit worrying about your sister. How about we really talk about what's going on? You're upset and you're worried. If we're not careful, we spend so much time judging how other people spend their life and how other people utilize their time. And at the end of our life, do you know what God's not going to hold you accountable for? How other people spend their time. <laughs> How other people utilize their life. How other people steward their influence and their platform. How other people spend their money. God's going to have a conversation with you about what you did in this season that prepared you for eternity. Because what scripture teaches us over and over again is how we utilize the time we have here sets us up for eternity. And I don't know about you, but I want to steward this well and, and enjoy eternity with God. I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that I spent all of my time, my energy, and effort worried about how everybody else spends their time and how everybody else runs their race and what everybody else is doing. Because at the end of the day, I'm not responsible for how you live your life. But I am responsible with what I do with mine. So when's the last time you stopped and just assessed your own time? When's the last time you said, hey, God, are the things I'm doing in this season what you want me to do? Because God's faithful to finish what he started. He never said he was faithful to finish what you started without asking him. When's the last time we hit pause? Say, hey, God, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is what you want me to be doing. Because every time we sit and judge others, what we're essentially saying is, that, hey, God's judgment isn't good enough. We think we're a better judge than God. I don't think we'd say that. Here's the third thing. Sow into things that make an eternal difference. So we're going to spend intentional time with Jesus. We're, we're going to quit judging how everybody else spends their time. And then third, we're going to sow into things that make an eternal difference. Here's why this is important. Um, there's a lot of things we want to do. But if you don't do them, it don't matter. I want to lose weight. If I don't exercise, it don't happen. I've been praying hard calories for the last couple of years. I mean, like, Lord, every time I eat, Lord, burn these calories in Jesus' name. You know what happens? My food still has calories. 
I can't get me a six-pack and still go to Krispy Kreme all the time. It's not enough to just desire something. You have to do something. And so when we talk about sowing, when we talk about planting, it's an investment. Think about the greatest ROI that you could have is leveraging this to get to enjoy eternity. This is the best investment. And you only get one shot at this. At the end of this, you don't get a do-over. Whether your lifetime is this long or this long, you get one shot. So how are we utilizing, how are we investing, how are we planting to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? Look at what Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21 says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How you spend your life reveals what you believe about eternity. So if we're living for the here and now, if we're only living for these moments and the time that we have, the time that we can see, here's what it communicates that we believe. We don't believe that there's anything after this. But if we truly believe that there's a life that comes after this, then what we do now matters. What we do with our time, what we do with our talents, and what we do with our treasure makes a difference. And so I'm going to talk about uh, those three things, time, talent, and treasure, for just a second. And the reason I'm going to talk, i got a whole message series coming for you in uh, May of next year on that. But um, I'm going to hit them real fast. Let's talk about time for a second. Do you know that you have the same 24 hours in a day as everybody else? But most of the time, people say things like, I'm just too busy for that. You're not. Because you make time for what's important. You, your, your calendar and your schedule magically finds margin whenever there's something you really want to do. Which shows us that we really are in control of the time that we have. We just don't choose to manage it or leverage it accordingly most of the time. I've talked to people in the past that, that talk about how, um, you know, hey, Pastor, we really don't want to serve in this season. We just feel like we need to get refreshed and refueled. And then after we, you know, do this for a little while, then we'll, we'll jump back in. No, no problem. But Proverbs says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So if you're waiting till you feel great to do it, it ain't going to happen. Because <laughs> you're probably never going to feel like doing stuff. You ever have those days where you wake up and you're like, ain't doing nothing today? Yeah. You know what you still have to do? Make choices. Every single one of us has to make a choice with how we spend our time. So let me ask you, does the way you spend your time communicate that you're living for this or for this? Does the way you spend your time communicate you're preparing for what's to come, not just what's right here and right now. Here's the second thing, talent. You got gifts. Like there's a hundred things you're horrible at, but there's like two or three things that you were made to do, that you were handcrafted for. God uniquely wired you and he designed you on purpose. 
It wasn't a mistake. Have you ever stopped for a moment and assessed how God can use your talents in the here and now to prepare for this, to prepare for eternity? Because here's what scripture teaches us. This, Matthew talks about how you and I have been given this light. And when someone has a light, you don't put it under a basket because the basket catches on fire. Instead, you put it on a lampstand so everybody can see. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before men so that they would see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the whole reason why you were given gifts to steward on this earth was so that people could actually see the goodness, the grace, and the mercy of God, and their eternity could be changed forever. I know you may be a business owner right now, and you feel like that you've been given this business, and you're just going to do whatever you can, but I'm telling you, if you'd focus on using that business that you've been entrusted with here to help people spend eternity with Jesus, it'll change your life, and it prepares you to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. I'm not just talking about business owners. Every single one of us who are followers of Jesus, you know a great place to use your talents? In the local church. And I'm not telling you that because I need you to serve. Hear me say this, I don't need you to serve. You need to serve. You need to use your gifts to make a difference in the life of other people, to make a difference in eternity. You need to use the gifts that God's been given you. Because some of you, you are great at the administrative stuff. And there's a place for you to serve. Because you know what? There's a lot of people who ain't gifted at that. You put me in charge of the admin stuff, we ain't even having church on Sunday. You got to learn your gifts. You got to learn how God uniquely wired you. There's a lot of things I'm really bad at. There's a couple of things I'm really good at. And I'm learning to leverage them in the here and now so that I can make a difference in eternity. Some of you have been gifted in the area of music. Use your gift to glorify God. Some of you love kids and love helping kids learn. Use your gifts. Others of you don't even know how God wired and designed you. We'd love to help you with that. That's why we have this thing called Discover, to help you figure out what your talents are and then how to use them in the local church. And I'm telling you, the, the whole reason why we do church is not for this, but is to help people spend eternity with Jesus. So that everything we do is not just storing up treasures here on this earth, because that stuff can be taken away, but it's leveraging it all to advance the kingdom. Here's the third thing, treasure. We talked about time, how you use it. We talked about talent. And when we talk about treasure, most of the time we get uncomfortable because we know somebody's about to talk about our money. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> the reason why it's uncomfortable for us is because money is a heart issue for a lot of us. Jesus talks more about money than he does heaven and hell combined in the New Testament. And the reason is because money is what fights for the affection of our heart. And the longer you're controlled by money, the longer you're only going to live for this. 
But when you realize that every financial resource you've been given is from God to be used to advance his kingdom, you're not just going to experience blessing here, but what you experience in eternity is far greater. And we believe in tithing. I, you hear me? I teach, I teach on money like four or five times a year because you know what I realize? People who get mad about money when you talk about it, they weren't given anyways. People just don't like when you touch the golden calf in their life. We talk about money all the time. I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about generosity. I'm talking about 11% and above. It's great to trust God with the first 10, but if you trust God with the first 10% and then you hold on to the other 90, that's not how it works. God wants control of your whole heart. And sometimes the only way to get control of your heart is to access it through your wallet because it's what we love. How are you using what God's been given you to advance his kingdom and make a difference for eternity. I didn't come here today to teach you how to manage your time because it's going to keep moving on with or without you. My hope was to encourage you to say, you've got time, you've got talent, you've got treasure. And our life is a vapor compared to what eternity looks like. Carry that weight this Christmas season to know how you spend your life, how I spend my life matters because tomorrow isn't promised to any of us, but today is. Use your time, use your talent, use your treasure to make a difference in eternity. For some of you in here today, when we talk about eternity, I I mentioned it earlier that We have this short life and then we exist in eternity either with God or apart from Him. And the best news of all is in this Christmas season that God would choose to send His Son Jesus to die in our place. Because John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life, would not just live in this moment but would get to experience eternity with Him forever. And if you and I are in that position today and you feel like you need to make that decision to not live for the here and now, but surrender your life to Jesus so that you can spend eternity with him, I'm gonna lead you through a prayer in just a second. But here's what I wanna say first. Don't wait. Because this is not promised to any of us. We only have this moment right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second, I wanna lead you through that prayer. If you're in here today and you'd say, hey, I don't want to live for this. I don't want to live for the short term anymore, but I know that I need to surrender my life to Christ so that I can experience eternity with God. Would you simply raise your hand for a moment and say, hey, that's me. I see that. Here's what we're going to do. Nobody prays alone. We're all going to pray together out loud. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.